I don't even know why I'm going to preach after that, y'all. Um, let's just give the Lord a hand for his amazing goodness. Um, if you guys, hang on just a second, guys. If, if, team, if you guys could come back up here real quick. I, something just hit me um, as we were worshiping there. I want to I just kind of show you guys something. Um, okay, so over, oh, oh, the, the body of Christ is very strange. Over in drums, we have a 17-year-old senior in high school who's going to be joining the Marines next year. Yeah. And then, then... Over, over here, we've got a married mom of three who is our children's minister. And then right here, we've got a, you know, yeah, married father of two who, who, who's just started coming to our church recently. And back there, we've got a guy who went to Bible college and, and, uh, and, and is a leader in our church. And he's a bass player, so no one knows who he is. And, you know, and, 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 and here we've got a freshman in high school who's 14 years old. And then uh, we have a, a, a guy his first time ever singing on stage a couple weeks ago was his first time ever being on stage. And he was terrified. He's an offensive linesman, takes hits from 300-pound guys, and is terrified to stand up and speak. And, you know, and, and then, you know, back here, We've got we got Dave who's in active recovery and who uh, uh, every day is a blessing and he's leading our leading our church in worship now and uh, and then back there we got Jerry who's an elder who's a, a leader and a friend uh, age 14 to age 62 guys up here on stage this is the body of Christ okay this is the body of Christ yes thank you guys thank you guys. I just, it just hit me how, how different and how really the different stories that hit uh, and, and that we're all uh, one because of Christ Jesus. And it's just incredible. Um, and so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for their ability to lead us to the throne in worship. And uh, you guys just did an amazing job today. Thank you. Um, guys, we're in a series called Move to the Right, and like I said last week, it has nothing to do with politics. Get that out of here. That's not what it is, okay? Um, if you guys will check out this graphic right here, um, uh, Move to the Right. So we've got five different categories, and the reason we have this, not because we want to be legalistic or whatever, whoa, uh, we want to be legalistic or anything, but because people need a clear path to walk. How do I move from a non-Christian to a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? That's the question, and the church, we need to make that clear clear. So we have this, 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 this kind of process and, and, and you need to find where you are and take the next step where you are, move to the right. So if, you, if last week we talked about the casual, the, the casual is everyone who has no affiliation with the, with the church or, or, or with Christ at all. Um, and then when, when they visit church and they come back a second time, they move into the crowd, which is simply someone who's been to church more than once. Okay, that's, that's what the crowd is, okay? And then when the, when the, the next step is you join the community. That's when you become a, 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 a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. Is when you uh, commit to being part of a church family, when you commit to coming to a community group, when, when you start tithing and, and, and be, becoming a producer. Uh, the next, then the next step is core, where you begin to serve. You begin uh, ministering in children's, air, in the children's ministry and youth ministry. You begin serving on the worship team or, 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 or you begin doing ministry. You begin producing uh, 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 fruit for the kingdom. And then the next one is when you become a leader. Maybe you're a church planter, you're an elder, you're, you're a, 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 a community group leader, you're, you're whatever it is. But we want to make sure that we have a clear path for people to walk so that people know what to do. Um, so many times churches just say, hey, you need to grow. And you're like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, that's what this series is about, and this is what our church is going to help you uh, do. So today we're talking about the crowd, the second need. First need, last week we talked about connection with Jesus, and, this, and today we're talking about the connection with Christian friends. 
All right. So uh, I, I heard something that uh, in seminary that stuck with me and said Christianity is like riding a bicycle. If you're not moving forward, you're falling off. The problem is, is that many people move to the left. Uh, they, they, they were committed and they move left and, and they, they begin to disaffiliate and everything like that is what we don't want. Okay. Well, I want to take you guys to probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I love this story and I love preaching on this story because it has such tremendous relevance for us. It's in Mark chapter verse 1 through 17. I ask you guys to turn there. I'm going to read it to you. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. Then he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? It's a good question. And Jesus has a good answer. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit, and this is what they were thinking in their hearts. He said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Okay, the first thing we learn from this is number one, your circle matters. Your circle matters. First Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And other than the decision to be baptized and, and uh, follow Jesus Christ with your life, which we saw last week, uh, and uh, everything, the, who you decide to travel in life with is probably the most important decision you will ever make. Your circle matters. In the youth ministry, we had a, a saying, we, we would tell the parents this, show me your kids' friends and we'll show you your kid. And then to you, I say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who you hang out with, that's your future. What are they doing? The people that you're around, what are they doing? That's what you will be in five years. Your circle matters. If you're wondering why you should be part of a church, this story is it. Okay, this story is it. If you're wondering if turning off the TV, putting down the phone, engaging with Christian friends is worth it, this is it right here. So you guys, one of the problems with stories in the Bible like this is that you only see this instance. I find myself, when I read this, I find myself wondering what happened 20 years before this? You know, how, how, did they, how did he get these kind of friends who cared about him that much? How did, how did he do that? These people carried him to Jesus, and they couldn't get him. A lot of us would have thrown, get him to Jesus. A lot of us would have thrown up our hands saying, well, crowd's too big. I, I mean, we tried. No, these guys... These guys are so brash and audacious and everything. They're not taking no for an answer. They climb up on the roof. How many of y'all have roofs? How many of y'all have a roof over your head? How many of y'all be happy if somebody made a hole in it? I don't think I would be. I'd, I'd, be, I'd, be, pretty, I'd be pretty upset about that, as a matter of fact. They didn't stop these guys. These guys dig a hole through the roof, and they lower their friend. It's because the only thing that mattered to them was getting their friend to Jesus. Do you have friends like that? 
If you don't have friends like that, you need friends like that. Okay, your circle matters. I, I, I wonder what this guy, how did this guy have friends that would do this for him? I mean, if I had to wager a guess, I would say that this man had done things like this for his friends before he got paralyzed. These men had probably been friends for a long time. They probably worked the fields together. It was an agrarian society, okay? They probably worked the fields together. They probably eaten a meal. They probably uh, disciplined each other's kids. They probably watched their kids grow up. They probably, uh, this guy probably helped his agrarian neighbors out and they'd helped him out. They had a community, okay? Like I said, in agrarian societies like this, relationship and serving was essential. You know, this paralyzed man probably when he was healthy, helped with the harvest. He's probably paralyzed from a fall, maybe from farming accidents, some probably fairly recently. Thing is, people act like this when they're in community together. Things like this don't just happen. See, the, the, the problem with American society is that we want the friends to help us, but we don't want to do the work to build the community. We're, we're, we, we push everyone away. We stay in our house. We don't engage with people. We don't invite people out for lunch. We don't invite people over for coffee. We don't do this kind of thing. But when hard times happen, you expect them to come and, and, and serve you. Well, that's not how community works, you guys. That's not how it works. That's why your circle matters. And the second thing you need Christian friends will bring you to Jesus when you aren't capable yourself. Okay? The second, fourth verse, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof. I mean, I, you may not be physically paralyzed, you all, but there are times where all of us have been spiritually paralyzed. We've been depressed. We've been wounded. We've been grieving. We've been anxious. We, 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 a life has fallen apart for us. We experience the loss of a loved one. Our job isn't going well. Uh, life is falling apart. We're spiritually paralyzed. And a lot of times, that's not when you really want to get to Jesus. You're, you're, you're angry at God. Maybe you're, you're feeling distant from him. You just, you, you're such a mess. You can't even pray. You can't even you do this. And you have friends that say, no, no, no. Here, I'm going to carry you. We're going to go see Jesus together. Okay? Your friends put you on a mat spiritually. Bust through the roof to make sure that you get to the one who can heal you. I saw this in 2012, my first mission trip to Asia, to Nepal. Um, uh, those of you all that are visiting, you all will think this is actually kind of funny. I, I went over to, uh, to Nepal and, uh, to, to do my first mission trip uh, over there. And um, we, we did church on Saturday because that's their day off. They don't get Sunday off. Sunday's a work day for them. So Saturday I, I preached and, and everything was great and people showed up and, and I got to translate. I got to, uh, I got to see all these these great people from Nepal and the tribal areas and everything. And I thought it was great. And then the next day they said, well, we're going to have a healing service. Um, and I was like, well, this is awesome. Uh, this, is, this is cool. I can't wait to see this. And so the next day comes and the, the, it's supposed to be at 10 o'clock. Well, at 9 o'clock or so, these people start showing up. And it wasn't the people that were there on Saturday. These were, this was a completely different crowd. The people there on Saturday had walked they had ridden motorcycles. They had, you know, whatever. These people who were showing up on Sunday, these people were being carried in wheelbarrows and cars. There was a guy who was like army carrying his buddy, you know, uh, to, to, the, to the healing service. And, and I, I'm, I kid you not, there are like 200 people that are that with broken arms, broken legs, bent backs, uh, I mean, blind, you name it. And they were showing up. Because they had been told that there was a God named Jesus that they had never met before. These were Hindu people that could heal them. And 
And I'm like, this is incredible. I can't wait to see what God does. And then the pastor and one of his, one of his, one of his uh, young men unfurl this banner that has my face on it. And it says, Pastor David Kibler, Healing Crusade. And they are expecting me to heal them. I'm the one that's conducting the healing service. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You guys didn't tell me I was the one. And they're like, well, they're here to see you. We told them Pastor Dave Kibler came all the way from America. He'll heal you. I can't even heal myself when I have a cold, y'all. Okay? I can't. And I try to stammer out something like, I don't have the gift of healing. I've tried. I've tried. I've prayed over people, and they don't get any better. And, and they're like, well, they're here for you. And the pastor, Reuben, said, well, you might want to get out of the way and let Jesus work. That was good advice. So I went back to my room, and I, I threw together uh, three instances where Jesus had healed people and everything. And I, and I preached on that and, and, and thought we approached Jesus in faith. These people approached Jesus in faith and, and everything like that. And, and so I preached that. And then the pastor said, all right, who's ready to be healed? And people line up. And he has his pastors, they anointing people with oil and everything like that. We're praying for them. And it takes like 45 minutes for the entire train to, for us to move all the way down. And then the pastor, I'm like, okay, I'm glad that was over. And the pastor goes, all right, testimony time. Who's been healed? He knew that there were people that were healed that day. He didn't have to ask. Sure enough, the first guy in line that I had put oil on his head and prayed for, he was an older man, like 49 years old, like really old. <laughs> and he had walked very, very painfully to the front. He had one straight leg and one leg that was bent out like a, it, 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 he made a D, basically. His knee had either, he had, had broken a leg and it healed wrong or something. It looked very painful. And we had prayed for him. We moved on. And attention was drawn right to him. And there he was jumping up and down on two healthy legs. And I, in that moment, I repented. I said, Lord, increase my faith. Because I've seen you do things that I didn't think you could do. And there were testimony after testimony of people who had been healed there. Now, that man couldn't walk there. He, he was the guy who had been army carried by his friend to that service. Okay? And there were people who were being brought because they knew that they, the, the person needed to get to Jesus. And my question is, do you have friends that will do that for you? If you don't, you need to be part of the church Okay, and the third thing that I found uh, that, that in, in this, that Jesus healed when he saw their collective faith, not their individual faith. Mark 2, 5, when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, not his faith, their faith, he said to the paralyzed man's son, your sins are forgiven. Their faith. Everybody say their faith. Their faith. That's what, this, that's what the crowd needs. See, guys, I see no profession of faith in here from a man. Anybody? Hear, hear profession of faith? Anyone see the paralyzed man acknowledge Jesus, Son of God? Did he say anything? We don't know. It, it, it wasn't recorded. 
I didn't hear a confession of faith, a change of heart. I didn't hear a repentance. All I see in this is a person with Christian friends around him bringing him to Jesus. That's all I see. Their faith. Now, you need people around you. Listen, you need people around you who believe in Jesus when you don't. Okay? You need people around you who have faith when yours is waning. You need people around you to pray for you when you can't muster up the words to pray for yourself. That's what everyone needs. And I, I, guys, I wish I could tell you as a pastor that I have always been on fire for God. I wish that I could stand up here and, and say, I have a, a, a shirt under here that says super Christian, and I've, my faith has never wavered. I've always trusted in God. I've never been discouraged. I've never had any waver. I mean, it's just been me and Jesus since the time I was born. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that, but it'd be a lie, okay? It'd be a complete lie. There are times, frequent times, when I feel very close to God one week and very distant from him the next. There are times when God's mission is so essential to me that I feel like my heart's going to burst if I don't get out and do what God wants me to do. And other times I'm just like, meh, I'm tired, I ain't doing that. I wish there were times that, that uh, I, I mean, I, I wish that I could say that, that that never happens to me. But life as a Christian isn't a straight line, you all. And if you're thinking that it is, I got news for you, it's not. We sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound, I once was lost, but now I'm found. It indicates kind of a straight, you were lost, and now you're found, it's like a straight line. Well, let me tell you what the Christian life looks like. It looks like this. It looks like a, like a two-year-old scribbling. That's what my walk with Christ looks like. It looks up, down, backwards, forwards. It's all over the place, and I got news for you, so is yours. Anybody that says, nope, I have been growing steadily every single day since I became a Christian, yeah, you're a liar. I'm sorry, the, the, it, it's, it's just not the way, it's not reality. And, and, and what I need to tell you guys is this, is that if you are on the roller coaster, if there are times when you, are, you, you, you love the Lord with everything that you are, but sometimes you're just discouraged, that's part of it, it's okay. Don't quit, it's okay. But in those times, that's when you need the four people that are gonna put, put you on a mat and take you to Jesus. Okay, and here's something interesting. You think that paralyzed man got on the mat all by himself? Nope. If he had friends like I have, they'd pick him up, kicking and screaming, and threw him on the mat. Okay, they, they, they did that. I've had, I've had friends do that to me before. I've had my nose out of joint, and I've been discouraged, and I've been ranting and railing, and been a mule's rear end about something. They picked me up, kicking and screaming, and said, we're going to Jesus, because you need Jesus. And I'm like, I have Jesus, I'm a Christian. No, 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 you ain't acting like it. We're going to Jesus. And they pick me up on the mat and they tear, carry me out. They need to straighten me out. And I'm so glad that they did. And if your friends truly love you, sometimes they'll carry you kicking and screaming to Jesus too. How many of you all have been carried kicking and screaming to Jesus when you didn't really want to? Absolutely. Are you glad, Are you glad that, they, that, that you did? Yep. Yep. You're heading in a direction that isn't good and you know it isn't good and they know it isn't good. And they keep calling and bugging you and you're giving them every excuse you're skipping church, and you know you're skipping church, and they know you're skipping church, and you're ghosting them, and you're giving them every excuse in the world, and they keep calling, and they keep texting, and you block them, they send you on, on Messenger, and you block them on Messenger, they show up at your house, you call the cops, and the cops say, no, you need Jesus. <laughs> Be glad. 
because so many people don't have people like that. Be glad because you have people that actually care about you. They care about you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. They truly care about what's important. And if you have people like that in your life, hold them close. Can you stop fighting them? They're taking you to Jesus when you can or won't go there yourself. Be glad you got friends that care that much about you. Um, I got permission to share this story from a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Rob Esposito. Uh, he's our missionary in Honduras. He's been down there for years now. One of the, uh, to me, one of the greatest ministers and one of the most dedicated people to Christ I've ever met in my life. I did youth ministry with him at a, at a previous church, and, and we've been through the ringer together. He was, he was one of the first ones down there when my son died. He was, he was there. Um, he, he just, just a, a brother. Well, um, I got a phone call from him. Um, and like I said, I have permission to share this story. Um, he was married, and, uh, and his marriage was, had fallen apart. And, um, and to be a pastor, to be divorced, uh, he was looking at not only destruction of his family, destruction of his ministry career, what he was calling to do. He was in the pits. And, um, and the Holy Spirit said to me, do not let him go. So I called him, and, and he, he, he said hello, and I said, hey, I'm, 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 I'm just calling you and praying for you. And he goes, don't ever call me again. He was angry. He was hurt. So I called him again. And, and he, he, he turned it off, so I called him again. He, and he, you know, went straight to voicemail, called him again. Finally, after like the fifth time, he goes, Dave, if you don't stop calling me, I'm going to expletive. And I said, well, you can, you, I'm going to keep calling you because the Holy Spirit is not letting, is not letting me stop. And, and then he told me where I could go and hung up and I called him again. And I kid you not, the Holy Spirit just said, do not let him go. And so we met. And he was just in the worst spot I've ever seen a pastor be. And um, when he didn't want to go to Jesus, I took him there. I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad finally he allowed me to get him on that mat and take him to Jesus. Because now there's a whole redemption story. He's a missionary in Honduras doing exactly what God wants him to do. He's married with, with, uh, to a godly uh, young woman down there doing great ministry. Um, but guys, sometimes, sometimes our friends take us to Jesus when we don't want to go. And you need to quit fighting that. And the fourth thing I found here is this, the reaction here. And, and, and number four, a Christian community is a true miracle. It's true miracle, Mark 2, 10 through 12. But I want to know, uh, but I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. They praised God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. This is incredible. A guy makes a hole, and uh, the friends make a hole in the roof, and they lower him down, and he stands up, and he walks out. We've never seen anything like this. And I want people in this community, I want people in this church saying, hey, we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen it. Uh, we, want, we want people walking through the doors of our church saying, we've never seen anything like this. We don't get it. This guy, this guy, I know this guy. He, he was rude. He was obnoxious. He was, he was a, a, a jerk to his family. He was, uh, uh, man, he was a, a, a rear end at work. And now, now he's actually 
man, he, he, he's committed to his wife and his family, and, 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 and he's joyful, and he's loving, and he laughs now. What? We've never seen anything like this. You know, uh, we don't, uh, we've never seen people who love each other like the people in here do. People walk in here and say, man, what is with the people in this church? They love each other. You know, someone calls you up and says, hey, what are you doing tonight? And say, I'm having a cookout with some friends from church. And they go, you have friends? I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen people who are broken and lost going under be healed and made whole. We've never seen people, this kind of audacious faith. These people in this church, man, he was, he, 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 he was about to OD, he was about to fall, and they went after him and brought him back to Jesus. We've never seen anything like this. We've never seen a church where people are knocking holes in people's roofs, busting in without an invitation, disrupting the whole deal just so that their friend could get to Jesus. Oh how these Christians love each other. But there's something that troubles me somewhat, if you guys don't mind me saying this, because this is the second reason I love this story so much. When you read this story, I have a question for you. Do you see yourself as a person on the mat, or do you see yourself as the friend, as one of the friends? Because at some point in your life, you'll be one, and at another, you'll be the other. And there are times when you have suffered a major crisis in life, and you are the one on the mat. But there are other times when someone else suffers a major crisis and you need to be the friend carrying them. Um, don't live on the mat, people. There are people, as wonderful as they are, as wonderful as you are, and as loved by God as you are, who insist on being carried when they're down but refuse to carry others when they're down. There are people in this room and in the church, as, as wonderful as you are and as much as I love you, that expect things from people that they're not willing to do themselves. Church is supposed to be there for them, but they are never there for the church. They expect a call when they miss church a couple weeks, but don't ask them to call someone else who's been missing. They expect people to reach out when they're having a tough day, but they wouldn't think about reaching out when someone else is having a tough day. See, it's easier to see ourselves as the one on the mat than it is one of the people holding the four corners. I had a guy tell me that he left his church because he missed for an entire month and no one called him. And I said, hmm, okay, why did you miss for a month? And he said, well, I just wanted to see if anyone noticed. And I thought to myself, first of all, how petty. I said, you, you, did, not, you, you did not give God your worship. You broke, the, you broke Hebrews 10.34, I said, do not let us give up meeting together. You broke that. You, you denied God your worship. You, you, you denied the pleasure of your company. Um, you, you're supposed to be, uh, you, you could have been an example of someone needed, and you didn't do that simply to see if anyone noticed. But, but that aside, I said, how many people did you call when you noticed they were missing? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, obviously, if you wanted people to notice you, you were noticing other people. How many did you call? And he gave me a blank stare. And I said, you're expecting things of people that you're not willing to do yourself. I said, why are you mad at people for acting exactly like you acted? Why, why are you sitting in judgment of people for doing the exact same thing you did? See, guys, he saw himself as a guy on the mat all the time, but he never saw himself as one of the friends. And so if the church is really going to work, there will be times you're the guy on the mat and you're going to need people to reach out to you. 
But in the times where you're not on the mat, you need to be the one reaching out. Okay, that's how the church works. We're not all people on the mat. Don't live on the mat. Make sure that you are also one of the ones that carries, one of the ones that busts through the roof, one of the people that takes people to Jesus. Make sure that you are that person too. See guys, the miracle is in the community, the community where there's a balance between producer and consumer, the person who only consumes and never produces, who takes but never gives. It's not Christian community. And one thing I've found, guys, that when, when, when the, the crowd understands this, when we move from casual to crowd, the, the, the connection with, with, with Christian friends is essential, okay? And once the crowd gets that, once the crowd gets that, once the people are, 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 are cool with Christian community, you know what they do? You know what people in the crowd do? They always bring other people to Jesus. They, they're, they're fantastic at it. The crowd is excellent at bringing others to Jesus. Look what happens in verse 13 through 17. Okay. Once again, Jesus went beside a lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teacher of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, who, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the health you need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Okay? So he sees a tax collector sitting there. Tax collectors were crooks and thieves. Not much has changed. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so he says, hey, come follow me. And Matthew goes, his, well, Levi, his, he was also known as Matthew who wrote the first gospel. He goes, all right, I'll tell you what, Jesus, why don't we go to my house? Because I got a whole bunch of friends. I run with a pretty rough crowd, okay? And I want them to meet you. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw, I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to throw a big dinner. I'm going to invite my friends over. And I'm going to invite you. I'm going to arrange this meeting where my friends can meet you. See, he brought his friends to Jesus. His friends were on the mat spiritually, and they needed Jesus. So he invited everyone to a party, and they met Jesus. So that's what people in the crowd do. They take the circle of friends, they meet Jesus, they bring, and, and they, all, they bring it, okay? There are people... And uh, the people in the crowd, new converts, people who are new, new Christians, are excellent at winning the lost, at bringing people to Jesus. Y'all are the best evangelists in the world. Now, the world, word evangelist does not mean some guy who stands on stage with a bad haircut and a cheap suit and knocks people over. That's not what an evangelist is. An evangelist simply is someone who tells someone else about Jesus. That's it. That's all an evangelist is. Someone who tells someone else about Jesus. Okay, and, and so uh, there are people here, people in the crowd, people that are new, new believers, you're in the crowd, there are people that will listen to you that won't listen to me. They know I'm a pastor. They know what I'm going to say. They, 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 they're expecting it. They're not expecting the guy that they used to drink with or shoot up with. They say, hey, man, I need you to come to church with me. There's this guy named Jesus I want you to meet. And they're like, I expect a pastor to say that, but you? Okay. All right, all right, I mean, I know where you were. If he can change you, he can probably change me. I'm, I'm up for it. You guys are some of the best evangelists, some of the best winners of the lost you've ever seen. Don't neglect that, don't, meet, don't, don't miss that. Remember Levi, he, all he did was arrange the meeting between his lost friends and Jesus and let Jesus do the rest, okay? That's all an evangelist does. So guys, if you're in the crowd, 
Number six, I'm in the crowd. What do I do? So if this, pull, if you, could you pull up the graphic again? Um, if you're in the crowd, how do I get to the community? All right, I'm in the crowd. I've attended church a few times. That, that's it, but, 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 but I'm, I'm just attending. I'm not, really, I'm not really bought in yet. So, so what is my next step? Well, here it is. I'm glad you asked. The first thing, if you've never been baptized, you need to be baptized. You need to commit your life to Jesus Christ. That's a sign. That, that's, that's like the wedding ceremony. You're, you're not married until you go through the wedding. You're, you're, you're not a Christian until you go through the baptism, okay? That's like the wedding ceremony. And uh, Acts 2.38 says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens at baptism. That's your first step. That's what you need to do in order to move the community. Second thing is you need to join the church. You need to join the church. We're, we're not into birthing infants and then letting infants, you know, hey, good job, you got born, good job. No, no, no. And, and a new, a new a infant needs a mom to nurture and, and grow and, and a father to teach. In the same way, a new Christian needs a church to disciple and grow. Okay, so you need to join the church. And, and if you want to do that, August 27th, right downstairs on 1145, uh, we're having a class called Starting Point. It's, it's basically, hey, this is what it means to be a Christian this is, this is it. This is, this is how you join the church. It's, we, we, that, that, it's a two-hour thing. It's awesome. And I want to invite you to it. It's on August 27th. It's in a couple, in two, in two weeks. I'm going to meet me downstairs. I teach it. I'm going to have lunch. And I want to invite you to it. If, if you want to join our church, join our fellowship, please do that. So baptism, you need to join the church. And then, then, then we'll, we'll start discipling you, start mentoring you, and, 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 and bring you into the church community. Okay, that's how you move to the right. You're in the crowd, you need to move to the community. And you're like, well, what is the community? Well, we're gonna find that out, find that out next week. We're gonna talk about the community, what that means, what, what, what Jesus does to the people, to the people, with the people in the community, okay? That's it. So if you are on the mat spiritually and you have friends that are bringing you to Jesus, don't stay on the mat. Get up and walk. Get up and walk, don't stay there. If you've attended a few times, join our church. If you haven't been baptized, we'll baptize you next Sunday. We'll do that right there. There's our baptistry. We'll baptize you next Sunday. Talk, come, come talk to me, and uh, let, me, let me share with you about that. I'd love to talk with you. Um, and so, guys, uh, if you are wherever you are, move to the right.